我们真的有很棒很棒的时光我非常喜欢今天的聚会感受到那个生命 我非常喜欢今天的聚会，感受到那个生命。那样的活力，看见人是为耶稣火热的。I can also identify with the time of prayer concerning the uh, gay issues. We have had a major issue in our own nation with this as well. And so I encourage you to pray. Because prayer can move God to change things. And so we continue to pray in our own nation. We are very embarrassed about the laws that have been passed. But the church needs to have a message of hope. The gospel is a message of hope to people. It's about God's love for us. And His willingness to help us. And so as Christians, no matter what is happening around us, we need to understand we have a message to help people. That Jesus Christ came to help people. I'm reminded of an important scripture. Where it says, Jesus did not come to condemn people but to save them. To rescue people out of the problems created by sin. And so Jesus loves people and he has no condemnation for us. No matter what has happened in your life, the heart of God is to reach into you and love you and restore you. And so as believers, we should not be afraid of the issues in our nation. But should learn and understand them and learn how to minister to people. We should not have areas we can't talk about. Rather, we should be able to talk about any issue and come with a spirit of love, a spirit of hope, and with comfort for people. And I want to do this today. I want to share with you something that will be very deeply touching for many people. I haven't shared this message before. But God has spoken to my heart recently about this. And uh, I wrestled somewhat last night and this morning. I really wanted to preach something else. <laughs> but I always feel that if you listen to God, He has something in mind for us. And this may directly affect you, this message. Or it may indirectly affect you. And I just hope you would have an open heart and a loving spirit. Because we've prayed for people and seen God bring tremendous breakthroughs. I want us to just have a look in Psalm 127 and verse 3. I just want to start with a verse here. Psalm 127, 
We've come here many times and we've shared our story. Most of you would know we have a big family, seven children and 21 grandchildren. And we've learned a lot of things on the way. And we also have two other children. But they're in heaven. And so I want to talk today about abortion and miscarriage. And I want to offer hope for you. At the end of the meeting, we'll give an opportunity for people to come to Jesus. We want people here who don't know Jesus to realize God loves you and desires to help you. He wants to break the power of sin in your life. And then after that, I'd like to pray for three groups of people together. We'll pray for you together because we don't want to embarrass you. We just want there to be a spirit of love and the power of God to help you. I want to pray for people who've had an abortion. Or perhaps you've been connected to someone who has. Or to people who've had a miscarriage. Or to people who are barren. And are hoping for a child. We're not going to ask you at all what the nature of your problem is. We just want you to feel free to come and believe for God to help you. So in Psalm 127, it says in verse 3, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. So children are a heritage. It's an inheritance, something God gives to us. There's a part of every person is a spirit being. The spirit comes from God. The Bible says God is a spirit. So when a human being come to human beings come together, and create a life, they are partnering with God. And God puts his, his spirit into the child. The child becomes a living being with an eternal destiny. And God's desire is that child share his destiny with him. God's desire is for many children. This is the heart of God. Many children. And so God plans to reach out into this earth to help people. That's God's heart. And so when we're born into this world, we're born separate from God because of sin. God's desire is to come to us, forgive our sins, put His Spirit in our life, and give us an eternal destiny with Him. Starts through responding to Christ. I read a story in the paper just three days ago. It's a story, a new story from China. And uh, it took place in a province called Weifang City. And there was a young couple. And they went to bed one evening. They had one child and they were expecting a second child. The early hours of the morning, the police burst into their home. 
They held down the husband. And they dragged the wife out of the home. to a hospital. The panic-stricken husband rang, the, tried every way to try and find out where his wife had gone. authorities refused to tell him. It took him six hours to find where his wife was. And they had threatened the wife. Because she was six months pregnant. Threatened to put her husband in prison. injected her. And when he got to his wife, she was in the process of miscarrying. What touched me very deeply was that both of them suffered great grief. They were grieving over the loss of their child. And there's no one to comfort them. And my heart goes out to them. And I'll tell you why in a moment. I feel quite deeply touched by that story. And I'll share to you a couple of personal testimonies. And then we'll open up the Word of God. And then I want to offer hope for people today. Some years ago, my wife went through two miscarriages. As a man, I didn't understand at that time what that meant to a woman to miscarry. We were involved in ministry. We had many, many pressures on us. We already had four, five other children. And then when the two miscarriages came, my wife never complained. She had the miscarriages, went to hospital, and then we carried on with our life. And I didn't think about it much at all. We had another two children. Their names are Peter and Sarah. And some years later, I was in another church ministering. And I was praying for a lady and asked her, what, was your, what is the problem? And she had a miscarriage. And as I prayed, she began to weep. And I felt this incredible grief. I began to cry with her. I thought, that's very strange. I must be feeling the love of God. <laughs> and then I went the, second, the same day, another night, I went to another church. And the second time, the same thing happened. I prayed for a woman suffered a miscarriage and I had this incredible grief. When you feel something, you need to ask yourself, what am I feeling and why do I feel it? So I went home and, and uh, began to pray. And the Lord spoke to me and he said this to me. He said, you are grieving not because of her, but because of your own loss. He said, You've lost two children. You've lost two children. A boy and a girl. And you've never stopped to grieve. You've never even admitted that you've lost a child. And I began to grieve, and the Lord showed me what to do. And I went home to my wife, and I said, Look, God's been speaking to me about our two miscarriages. And Joy said, Well, God's been speaking to me too. I've been journaling about this. We've had a boy and a girl, and I've given them names, Timothy and Catherine. 
Seven children in our family. I said, actually, there are nine. There are another two in heaven. And, and an interesting thing happened. The two children who came after the miscarriages both began to weep. And they really deep sobs. And I realized that they had picked up a grief in their spirit. Even though in their mind they did not know we'd lost two children, there was grief that my wife carried. And they knew in their spirit they had lost a brother and a sister. And there was a grief in their heart. Spirit of grief had come around them. So the grief my wife carried over her loss was transferred to the next two children. And so we laid hands on them and prayed for them. The other children, this wasn't an issue at all. It was just the two following the miscarriages. And this opened our eyes that a child in the womb can feel the, the feelings and the grief of the mother. And when a child is miscarried, and the mother feels a grief, if the grief isn't resolved, then the next children pick up the grief. That was quite a revelation to us. But we did get a, a tremendous insight. That when you've lost children to a miscarriage, it's important to identify who they are. Not just something we've lost. See, for me, it was like my wife lost something, like a tooth. painful, but it's just something that happens. I didn't get a hold in my heart, I'd lost a child. As a father, one of my children had been taken away. And so I realized that when there are miscarriages, as also when there are abortions, there is a real grief left. And one of the ways of processing the grief, I'll tell you a bit more about it later, is to identify what each child is, and to give them a name, and to release them to the Lord. Then it's not just something that happened, something I lost, some piece of tissue. It's actually a real living spirit being. Whose body never developed. Whose house did not last. And they had to leave. My wife put it this way so beautifully. It's a rose that budded but never bloomed. And so over the years we've prayed for many people and helped them in this area. Now, Here's the second part of the testimony. 
见证的第二个部分是。Earlier on this year, I was in Singapore. 今年年初我在新加坡。And uh, as I was in Singapore, I was teaching about encounters with God. 当在新加坡，我教他们要来怎么遇见神。And we had a worship team, and we were ministering just to the worship team to help them have encounters with God. 而敬拜团在那特别服侍敬拜团，教他们怎么遇见上帝。Now, previously to this， 在这个之前呢 ，the two children we had who had suffered grief. 我们的两个感受到忧伤最小的两个孩子，就在教会前一天跟我说，他们两个是分开想的。今天聚会时候，我们看见天堂了，看见我们哥哥姐姐了。他们两个人都看见，好像上帝为他们打开天堂，就看见他们失掉那哥哥姐姐。两个人看到一样的东西，两个是彼此分开看到的。我很兴奋，我们就开始描述这个事情。那个时候我有点嫉妒。This year, I was teaching on having encounters with God. I taught them how to focus on Jesus. I taught people 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 how to focus on Jesus. Present myself. I myself. I began to meditate on Jesus. 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 It was a shock to me. I didn't expect to see that. I was very surprised. And they both spoke to me. Said, "Hello, Dad." They were both together. They said, "Hi, Papa." And I was just shocked. I was shocked. And they said, "Oh, we've got so many things to tell you." We have so many things to tell you about what happens in heaven. And then I became aware of Jesus standing next to me. I started to notice that Jesus was standing next to me. I started to notice that Jesus was standing next to me. That that child was the grandchild we miscarried in December. 而这个就是去年十二月我们流掉的那个孙孩孙子。And then suddenly I saw another little child. 我又看到另外一个小孩。And he said, "Hello, Granddad." 他就跟我讲，祖父你好。And I could recognize the facial features. I knew which of my children had lost this child. 我知道他们的脸上的脸的那种。长得脸的样子，我就看出来是哪个孩子生的孩子。之后，我的注意放在我儿子女儿身上，看着他们。And、Jesus was right next to me. 耶稣就在我身旁。And they began to talk to me. 他们开始跟我说话。They said, "We want to show you something." 我们要让你看一件事。Want to show you something. 让你看一件事。And suddenly, my eyes opened up. I could see this huge, immense, vast area with children. 突然，我的眼睛打开，看见好多好多好多的孩子在那里。And they were just different ages, from babies right through to a little bit older. 不同年纪的，有婴孩的，有比较大一点的孩子。And there were so many, I couldn't count them. It's just huge, vast numbers. 好多好多数不过来的。And they said these are children that have been miscarried and aborted. 这些都是流产或堕胎的孩子。And there's a special place in heaven for each of them. 天上为他们每一个人预备特别的地方。Where angels look after them. 天使亲自照顾他们。And they're educated and grow up. 他们受到教育长大。And I realized then that 
the size of my grandchild was about the proper age for the one I'd lost. Hey, 我就发现呢，那个孙子他的那个长大的个就像大部分的年纪一样。The age of my children were about the right age for when we lost them. 而我的儿女，也就是多少失掉他们多少年，大概就几岁。And then as I looked around, all of these children that had been miscarried and aborted. 当我看到所有这些流产或堕胎的孩子 ，I realized that God was showing me something else. 我才发现上帝让我看别的事情。The ones He was showing me were all Chinese. 他让我看到都是华人。And I was quite shocked. 我非常震惊。And then Jesus spoke to me. 耶稣就跟我说。He had absolutely no condemnation for anyone at all. 对任何人都没有任何的定罪。我感受到他的爱。This is what he said to me. 他这样对我说。He said, "Every one of them has a mother." 他说他们每一个都有母亲。Who is grieving over their child? 为他们的孩子在忧伤。And I want to bring healing to those mothers. 我要把医治带给这些母亲。He didn't say anything about what they'd done. 他没有说他们做了什么。He just said, "I love them and want to heal them." 只说他我爱他们，要医治他们，因为他们忧伤。And、uh, he said, "I want you to begin to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, "I want you to study and prepare in this area." He said, And recently, we were up in China. 最近我们到了中国去。And、someone came to me privately. 有人私下来找我。I couldn't believe it. They said I've had an abortion. 我不敢相信。他跟我讲说，我们刚刚堕胎，请你帮助我们好吗 ？God dramatically ministered and brought healing to this couple. 上帝很大能的来服侍医治这对夫妻。And it was like each place I went after that. 好像在那个之后每一个去的地方。There would be always someone come and ask us if we could pray for them. 都有人来找我们，我们能不能为他们祷告 ？So I felt I'd share some things about this here. 我想在这里要跟大家分享一些东西。Guess I got to start somewhere. 我们要从一个地方开始嘛。So I just want to share some things from scripture. 我要从经文来分享一些东西。And then some basic keys we've learned that can help. 然后学到一些基本的关键，能帮助我们的。So I want to look just in a few verses of scripture. 我们只看几处经文。There's many we could share from, but let me just give you a few. 有很多地方可以学习，可是我们先看这几处。And I want to establish that from God's point of view. 我要跟你建立的是从上帝的观点。A child is a living person with a destiny. 孩子是活生生的生命，是有命定的。Even if they're still in the womb. 即使在肚腹之中哦。Sometimes people think because the child is in the womb. 有的时候他们觉得在肚腹的胎儿。One that it doesn't understand anything. 第一个他们什么都不懂嘛。And two that it's not a person. 第二它不算是个人。It's just a thing. 只是个东西。And often inconvenient. 常常是很不方便的东西。I want to just show you several scriptures quickly. 我要很快的跟你分一些经文。And I want to show you from God's point of view. 让你从上帝的眼中来看。So we have a look at Judges chapter thirteen. 我们来看士师记十三章。Judges chapter thirteen. 士师记十三章。Judges thirteen. 士师记十三章。Uh, you'll find something about Samson. You 发现山孙这里。I want you to notice this common thread in each of these passages that I share. 我要你看到分享的经文当中有共同的点。Here is the common thread. 有共同的点。That before a child is conceived, 在一个孩子成孕之前 ，God already knows them. 
上帝已经知道他 ，and has a destiny for their life， 为他的生命安排了命定。Before a child is conceived， 孩子成孕之前 ，God knows that child， 上帝认识这个孩子 ，knows their characteristics， 了解他的品格 ，and has a destiny for that child， 为这孩子安排了命定。So no matter what stage the child is at in the womb， 不管他是怀孕多少周的情况，从上帝的眼中来看 ，it is a living person， 他就是个人 ，with a destiny， 是有命定的 ，a person he knows， 是一个他认识。And I'll share with you several scriptures that we can see that. 我让你从几处经文来看到这一点。Here's have a we read in verse、uh, chapter thirteen of、uh, Judges, verse two. 士师记第十三章第二节。Certain man of Zor in the family of Danites, and his name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. 那是有一个索拉人是属但族的，名叫马诺亚，他的妻不怀孕不生育。And、the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman, saying, "Indeed, you are barren and have no children, but you shall conceive." And bear a son. Yahweh's servant appeared to the woman and said, "Surely you are barren and have no children. So please be careful. Do not drink wine or similar drink, and don't eat anything unclean. For behold, you conceive and bear a son. No razor will come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and begin to deliver Israel." Out of the hands of the Philistines. So you must be careful. Wine and beer are not permitted. Everything is unclean. You must not drink wine or similar drink, and don't eat anything unclean. For the child will be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. So you must be careful. Wine and beer are not permitted. Notice these things. You 注意到这里 Before the child's conceived, God already knows it's a son. 孩子怀孕之前，他就知道是儿子了 Secondly, God has a plan. The son will deliver Israel. 第二，上帝有计划，这个儿子要拯救以色列人 And thirdly, it's very important how the mother conducted herself while she's pregnant. 第三，当妈妈怀孕的时候，该怎么样照顾自己 In other words, God is concerned. About negative influences coming into the unborn child. 上帝很在意在对这个未出生的孩子会有什么负面的影响。So we see in this passage. That before a child is even conceived, 孩子还没成孕之前 ，God knows the child. 上帲已经认识这个孩子 ，knows its destiny. 知道他的命定了。Have a look in one Kings chapter thirteen. 再看呃列王记上十三章 ，in verse one and two. 第一第二节 ，Behold, a man of God went from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord, and Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. 那时有一个神人奉耶华的命从犹大来到伯特利，耶罗波安正站在坛边要烧香。And then the man of God cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and says, "Altar, altar, this is what God says: A child, Josiah by name, shall be born to the house of David, and he shall sacrifice the priests in the high place to burn incense on you. Men's bones shall be burned on you." 神人向奉耶华的命向坛呼叫说。谈啊谈啊，耶和华如此说：大卫家里必生一个儿子，名叫约西亚。他必将秋坛的祭司，就是在你上面烧香的，杀在你上面；人的骨头也必烧在你上面。The, the nation is corrupt and full of idolatry. 这个国家开始败坏，都是拜偶像。God sends a prophet to warn them. 上帝差了先知警告他们。And、this is what he says. 他讲说 ，I am going to bring a child into this world. His name will be called Josiah. His name will be called Josiah. And he's going to be 
a major mover in bringing restoration to the nation. Do you know how long after that prophecy was given until Josiah came? Three hundred and sixty years. In other words, three hundred and sixty years before this man appeared. Before he was conceived. Before he was born. God named him even. God had a name for him. He had a name for him. And had a destiny for him. Now, 360 years later, when these parents uh, had this child, they wouldn't have remembered that prophecy. All they did was they had this thought come to them. Let's name this child Josiah. They didn't even realize as they named him Josiah that they were fulfilling something God had already planned. God had a destiny for that child. 360 years, the parents weren't even alive. But God could look through time and say in 360 years, there's going to be a couple and the father will be a very corrupt man. But in spite of the fact he's corrupt and he's a Satan worshiper, I will bring into that family a child who will change the nation. His name will be called Josiah. So you notice again, God has names for children, has destinies for them, and knows them before they're even conceived. Let's have a look at another one in Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. And in Jeremiah 1, Notice what it says about Jeremiah. In verse, uh, verse 5. Uh, verse 4. Then the Lord, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I, you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nations. Well, 为将你造在腹中我已晓得你你未出母胎未分别你为生未叛你做列国的先居 the house you're going to live in isn't formed. I know who you are. I know all about you. And I've already set you apart. I already have a destiny for you. Even before you've formed enough that your mother even knows anything. I have formed my spirit into you. And you will be a prophet to the nations. So you notice again, that before the child is properly formed, God knows the child and has a destiny for them. Isn't this amazing? It tells us the same thing in Isaiah 49. Isaiah also was known by the Lord before he was formed in the womb. Why don't you look with me in Psalm 139? And this is David, verse 16. Okay. And he says, verse 
Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book were written all the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none. 你所定的日子，我尚未度一日，你都写在你的册子上了。So so what what God David is saying is this。大卫在说什么？Is that when I was the tiniest embryo just conceived，当我是刚刚成为最小的那个胚胎的时候，I wasn't even formed，还没有形状哦。You saw me，你已经看见我了。You saw me，你已经看见我。And not only that, it says in your book，他说在你的书上。We written all the days of my life，把我一生的年日都写好了。When I haven't even begun one of them yet，但我还没有开始活出来。In other words, what he's saying is，他在说什么？That God saw him，上帝看见他。As a human being，是一个人。As a spirit being，是一个灵。As a person with destiny，是有命定的一个人。And ascribed or set out a course for him，已经安排他这一生的命令。Before he was even born，在还没出生之前。So these scriptures seem to indicate very strongly。that before we're even conceived, God knows we're coming. And at the moment we are conceived, the Spirit of God goes into the child. And even though it's unformed, God loves that child. God has a destiny for that child. Even the child's born into a difficult family circumstance. Josiah was born into a family where the father was a Satanist. But God still had a destiny for him. How amazing that God would see the unborn child like this. See the child in the womb as a living being with a name, with a destiny, with a life planned out. This is truly amazing. Truly amazing. Over and over and in the Bible, we find God speaking about children before they're born. Zechariah and Elizabeth. Elizabeth was barren. God spoke to him. He said, You know your wife's barren. She can't have any children. He said, I know that. God says, You're going to have children. You're going to have a child. And, and she said, Well, she's too old for that. You know? How's this going to happen? He argued with God. And God said, No more arguing. You'll have a child. You'll be a prophet. And you'll prepare the way of the Lord. Same story again. Over and over and over in the Bible, the Bible is very clear that God sees people before they're conceived and born, and He has a plan for their life long before they come out of the womb. Matthew 1:21, there will be a child conceived in you. His name shall be called Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. Same thing again. Before the child is even conceived, God knows the child, knows the name, has a destiny for that child. How about you? How about you? Have a look at Ephesians 3.10. Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10. I want you to notice something. Ephesians chapter 2. And verse 10. Now you are his workmanship. You are his workmanship. Created in Jesus Christ. For a purpose. For good works. That God prepared beforehand 
we would walk in them. So what it tells us is this. Each person is a unique work of God. Each of us is a unique manufacturer of God. There's no one like you. Your fingerprints are unique. Your DNA is unique. Everything about you is unique. And before you were born, God had a path for you to walk. You were created for something. For good works. Before you were begun, God had a plan to do something useful with your life. Amen. Amen. Okay, now have a look at the second thing. I want you to notice we're going to have a look in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And we're going to look in verse uh, 40, uh, 39 through to 44. And the first thing we looked at was that God knows us before we're born. Knows what we'll be like. And he's interested in us while we're in the womb. has a purpose for our life. Now let's have a look at the child in the womb. I was reading a, a secular book recently. And they have done a lot of research more recently with ultrasonic scans of infants in the womb. And prior to this, for about a hundred years, people believed that the identity was in the brain. Personality, understanding, But they found an interesting thing once they started to do these experiments. Say, if the personality and identity and the feelings are in the brain, the conclusion is that they came to, if the brain is not developed, then it's not really a person. So get rid of it. But the Bible is quite different. And recent research shows quite clearly that it's the heart that develops before the head. The Bible tells us out of the heart is where your life flows. Also recent research has shown that the child in the womb is very aware what's happening around it even before the mind is developed. Now this was a secular book. And the conclusion he came to after lots of research was the unborn child in the womb is totally aware of what's happening around it. Even if the brain isn't fully formed. In other words, it's a person. They said, the guy came to the conclusion there has to be some sixth sense that enables the child to know things when their brain isn't enough developed and neither is their hearing. He was talking about their spirit. That the spirit of the child recognizes what's happening around it. They discovered it could recognize the voice of the father, the mother. Recognize conflict. Could understand what was happening in the environment around it. This is partly the reason for the Hebrew culture. Once the woman is pregnant, she would go into hiding 
hiding for quite some months. In a peaceful location. So the child could be at peace and rest during the formation stages in the womb. <laughs> so this is modern research. Now let's read what the Bible says. In verse 39. Now Mary rose in those days, went to the hill country with haste into the city of Judah, entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Now Elizabeth is six months pregnant. The baby's not yet fully formed. Now look at this. It said, when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, look what happened. The baby in the womb went, yay! 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 And the mother got filled with the Holy Ghost. Who says the baby in the womb doesn't know what's going on? See, Elizabeth is very pregnant. Door opens up, Mary is there. Mary begins to prophesy. Mary begins to flow with the Holy Spirit. And Elizabeth is listening. She's listening to all the words. The baby is picking up the prophetic flow. Massive kick. Full of joy. Because this is his destiny. To be a prophet for the Messiah. This is his destiny. Right from in the womb. He knows there's something for him. And as soon as he feels the Holy Ghost, he leaps. Massive kicks. Mary's Martha, Elizabeth standing there. Wow. So, now, this is something they've only discovered recently. That the child in the womb is aware of spiritual influences. But it's written in the Bible 2,000 years ago. So, children in the womb are aware of the environment around them. They're aware of the presence of God. They're aware of the mother and what she feels. They're aware of the father. They're aware of the environment. Now, the reason I've taken a bit of time to share these things is because I want to talk about the impact when an abortion takes place. The Bible is very clear when we look from one end to the other. That the devil is hostile to children. From the book of Genesis, Genesis 3, verse 15. The devil is hostile to children. Because of a promise that God made. That through children being born out of the woman, a savior would come that would destroy him. So, so when we look right through Bible history, we find demonic attacks on the child. In the womb, or just born. In the days of Exodus, just before there was a great deliverance. All the children under two, the male children were killed. In the days of uh, after King David, Athaliah killed all the seed royal but one. 
以撒利亚全部都杀只剩下一个。在以色列时期，耶稣的年代，以色列的年代，耶稣的年代，耶稣的年代，耶稣的年代，耶稣的年代，耶稣的年代，耶稣的年代，耶稣的年代，耶稣
可能医生护士跟他讲说，哎呀，不过一个简单的医疗手术。However，that and so here are some of the things that widely are commonly attributed now to someone having an abortion. These are wide known symptoms, what's called post abortion trauma syndrome. Survey done on people. Indicated these kind of issues. List them without explaining them too much. Shame. Tremendous shame and secrecy. Coupled with a very low personal esteem. Deep feelings of guilt. Just guilt that would not go away. Depression. Often bouts of depression, sadness and crying, but no apparent reason. Because remember, if you've if you've concealed the truth with a lie, you've refused to accept this was a life that was that you took. Then you won't understand why you're so sad. If it wasn't anything, how could I be sad about it? Uh, so suicide, suicidal uh, thinking and attempts increase. Issues with self-hate. Issues with sleep disorders. Flashbacks. The woman suddenly remembers the trauma and goes back into shock. And grief. A strong desire for replacement baby. Unconsciously wanting a baby to make up for the one that was lost. What's called anniversary syndrome. On the date of the abortion, or the date the child was due to be born, the mother begins to be depressed and weep. usually doesn't know why. Anniversary syndrome. Uh, another thing is uh, trying to atone by spoiling the other children. Alcohol or drug problems. Uh, self-punishing behavior. I deserve to be punished. Which could be uh, self-harm, cutting. Uh, abuse of relationships. Or promiscuity. Uh, there can be physical problems. Constant bleeding. Or constant miscarriages. And then often there's just a deep guilt. I survived. But at the cost of my child. And these are terrible, terrible feelings that people have. I had a woman come to me for prayer recently. And 
I said to her, "What is your problem?" And she said, "I have been bleeding." For about twelve years. We desperately want children, but cannot have any. I said to you, "Do you ever have an abortion?" She said, "Yes, I had four." Four. And I said to him, "I said to the lady with in, in a spirit of love." I said, "You actually have a family of four children, but all of them are in heaven."原来你们可以抱住的孩子失掉了。她就一直哭一直哭一直哭。她就一直哭一直哭一直哭。她就一直哭一直哭一直哭。她就一直哭一直哭一直哭。她就一直哭一直哭一直哭。她就一直哭一
So we see then the consequences of abortion are far bigger than we realize. They affect the mother. Spirits are imparted to the womb. They affect the next children. The family are affected. The, the, the man who was a father has lost his child. Grandparents have lost a grandchild. And siblings born after that are affected by the trauma. I remember one, ch- one lady brought her child to me. And I said, What's the problem? Listen, listen to this. She said, My child will not bond and breastfeed. In fact, as soon as I put him on the womb, uh, on the breast, he begins to scream. What can we do? And I said, You didn't by any chance try and abort this child, did you? And she said, yes. I said, is it surprising that the child is afraid of you? It senses the spirit of murder. It's not going to bond to someone who tried to destroy it. She was shocked. She asked Jesus to forgive her. She prayed for mother and child and the child bonded. As soon as the child was delivered from the spirit of fear and the spirit of murder, immediately it started to bond. Huge impact on these Okay then. So let's have a look at how to get free. There's two kind of there's two or three areas. There are spiritual issues, emotional issues, and relationship issues. And the answer is incredibly simple. It's very easy for you to move out of the place of death into life. Let me give it number one. Number one, we need to face the spiritual issues. So, so the first thing is to face the truth. Face the truth. This is what I did. I took the life of my child. Most mothers only do it because they're under such pressure and stress. Pressure from the, the boyfriend or husband, pressure from the family, pressure from circumstances. Nevertheless, they must take responsibility. The first key to being set free is to break the lie. In, in Isaiah 28, it tells us that when we cover ourselves with a lie, we are in covenant with death and hell. So the first step free is to face the truth. I had a child and I've taken the life of my child. Let's face the truth. Number one, just facing the truth hugely breaks open this problem. Number two, you need to repent and confess it to the Lord. You need to actually come with words to the Lord. In 1 John 1, 9, if we confess and forsake us, and he is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us. So God, God has already forgiven. All you need to do is position yourself to receive it. The third area is the area of forgiveness. The person must receive forgiveness. I am forgiven by God. Two, they need to forgive themselves. And three, 
They need to forgive other people. Often the woman may be very angry at the man. Very angry at the father. Or very angry at the parents. Or very angry at the people who did the procedures. Angry at the friends who encouraged her to do it. It can be a lot of anger and grief. And faced and let go of. By forgiveness. Forgiveness is the way we resolve those things. And then deliverance from the demonic spirits. Confession, release forgiveness, deliverance from those spirits. And in a moment, we'll pray for people to be set free. There's a second other area that's also needed. This is what we found has been extremely helpful. And I have seen people break and weep when we've just taken the step. Ask the Lord, what is this child? Jesus knows. God knows your child. Is this a boy? Or is it a girl? A boy or a girl? And listen to your heart. God will tell you. Just like that. So the next thing to do is to give it a name. Give it an identity. See, we're breaking the lie. We're giving an identity. So I ask them, could you name your child? Now, you know how hard it is to name children. days trying to work out a name for a child. But I found for in this kind of process, I've come to the conclusion God's already named them. I just need to listen to the name. And so ask the Lord, what is the name of my child that I lost? Or just rise up, give your child a name. This lady that we had, uh, that had the four abortions, I said, ask the Lord to show you what they were. And she went quite quickly, girl, boy, boy, girl. Whoa, very quick. I said, now let's give them a name. One, two, three, four. And all named within the space of a couple of minutes. Wow, okay. But now she began to grieve. Because she started to be aware of her children. She said, now the next step is to release your children to the Lord. Release them. See Jesus standing there and pass your children to him. And here's what you know. One day you'll see your children again. So sometimes we've prayed a little prayer. Jesus, I release my child to you. I release her into your arms. Please tell her I'm so sorry for what I did. And I'm looking forward to meeting her again. Very simple prayer. Very simple. But you notice all it's done is just remove all the lie and bring it down to the truth. And often there's a lot of grief, a lot of pain, a lot of emotions. Sometimes there are other broken relationships to repair. The path to freedom is very simple. Now, of course, if a person's had a miscarriage, there's no sin to confess usually. Unless there's some generational cause. But I have found it helpful every time. 
我每一次发现很有帮助的，就是闭上眼睛向神打开心，求神让你看到他是男生女生。然后告诉你孩子的名字，说告诉我他叫什么名字，给孩子取名字。说现在他不是东西。现在他不是东西， a 是人了。你再一次会看见你的孩子。这就是福音的盼望。你的孩子在天上。So whenever you speak to Jesus， 凡你对耶稣说的 ，speaking to someone who's speaking to your child， 他就会告诉你的孩子。Leave your child in Jesus' hands， 把孩子交托在耶稣手上。Because one day you'll see them again。有一天你会再见到他。See, I have seen so many people set free. 我看到好多的人得自由。So many broken hearts healed. 好多破碎的心得医治。What a relief! 何等的释放 ！Have the secrecy, the shame, and the lie broken. 把所有的秘密、羞愧、谎言都打破。而破碎的心可以得医治。By faith in Jesus Christ. 因为相信耶稣基督。A very simple thing to do. 很简单的事情。And I believe God wants to touch many. 我相信上帝要触摸很多人。But first, before we do this, 在做这个之前 ，Let's just close our eyes. 请大家先闭上眼睛。Close our eyes. 闭上我们眼睛。I want you to know how much God loves you. 我要你知道上帝有多爱你。Jesus came into this earth. 耶稣来到世上。God in the flesh. 道成肉身。He showed us what heaven is like. 让我们看见天堂如何。Showed us the kingdom of God. 看见上帝的国。And He invited us. 邀请我们。To connect with Him. 跟他连接。We're all born in sin. 我们都活在罪中。Separated from God. 跟上帝隔绝了。Our sin keeps us. We can't even find God's way. 罪拦阻我们找不到回去的路。耶稣为我们的罪死在十字架上，从死里复活，打破罪的权势。Listen, Jesus said these words. 听好，耶稣这样说。To everyone who received him, 凡接待他的人 ，made him welcome， 欢迎他的 ，believed in him， 相信他的。He gave power to become a child of God. 他赐他们权柄做上帝的儿女。